Hello, you wonderful people, and welcome to episode number four of the Being Sapien podcast. Just before I get into introducing today's guest, I just want to say a massive thank you to every single person who has tuned in so far, who's liked, subscribed, and shared this podcast. Without you guys, it obviously wouldn't be happening because there'll be no listeners. And we want listeners because that's what everyone does to a podcast, isn't it? So share away, like away, subscribe away, and uh, keep that happening. I'll try and get more and more incredible guests on as the weeks go by. But without further ado, today's guest is Miss Courtney Pruce. If you don't know who she is, she is the founder of The Ultimate You, online programming and live classes. She's really sort of made a dent over this last year when it comes to online programming with her partner, Tom Bliss, who I've already had on the podcast, which is amazing. Uh, she's a Grenade ambassador. She's a Warburton Fit ambassador. She has done a fair share of... Um, time in the in this industry and uh she's someone who i have a, a lot of admiration for and she's also a very very good friend of mine so this is a lovely little chat I mean, we we delve deeper into the whole world of women training stigmas so without further ado let's get cracking on with episode number four <music> Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Being Sapien podcast. Absolutely delightful day in London today. It's very hot, which we are, we are not used to at all. Um, my guest today, which you have just heard in the introduction, but it is Miss Courtney Pruce. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. How can you complain when the sun's out? Exactly, exactly. It's so, so good to have you on here and uh, you are my first female guest. It's an honour. <laughs> very honoured. <laughs> I'm very, very excited for this conversation. Um, so as you guys know, we're, we're going to be discussing the sort of, I think it's an all important topic of female training stigmas. Um, talk about what it means to be female in the fitness industry, I suppose, and what it also, uh, what it also means to be a client in the industry and, and, and a client and someone who just trains in general. Um whether that's in a gym, whether that's in a CrossFit box, whether that's any sort of activity when we relate to to fitness and 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 females. Um, but first things first, I suppose we want to dig a little bit deeper into the to, to the lady herself. <laughs> so, uh, Courtney, who are you? Where did you come from? What did you do? And um, yeah, take the floor. Oh, loaded, loaded first question. Um, so my name is Courtney. I am twenty six. I'm twenty six. Yes. I'm <laughs> I forgot my age. <laughs> I'm 26. <laughs> age is irrelevant, just a number, right? Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, and I am a coach. So um, I'm an online coach. Previously um, did one-to-one -one personal training, but with lockdown, um, I created an online business with my partner, Tom. So we have an online um, platform for live classes, and then we also run uh, multiple online programs as well um and yeah I've been in the industry for about five years now um and yeah that is me amazing so way back when when we were sort of navigating our way through school and senior school was it always something you, you kind of like had an idea to be a fitness coach did you always want to be in fitness did you have another sort of um, path that you wanted to take first 
Um, yeah, so no, I never actually envisioned myself becoming, um, you know, a coach or actually being in the fitness industry at all. Um, I was actually super academic um, and I actually wanted to be either a lawyer um, or I think like a marine biologist or something like that. Anyway, loved English, loved biology. Um, yeah, and then basically in year nine, because we were an all girls grammar school, um, dance was brought into the curriculum as a GCSE subject for the first time. And um, our school was heavy on drama and music. So they basically made all of us take this dance class. There's like hundreds of us in this hall. Um, and it was just really fun. And I did the class and a, a teacher came up to me at the end and she was like, Courtney, you've got some real talent. Have you ever thought about, you know, pursuing this? And I hadn't at all. You know, I was really sporty, always sporty in every sports team, football, cricket, rounders, you name it. I was doing it except running because um, mm. we don't like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were aware um, of that yes one everyone. new year me and the, the whole the whole the whole team decided oh joe we're gonna wake up and run a 10k and me and courtney being <laughs> not the most avid of runners looked at each other and was like i think we'll walk the 10k <laughs> we were absolutely fuming and um, no they told us it's a 5k <laughs> And then it got to like six, seven K and you and me are right at the back walking with Blissy and he just wants to run and we're just moaning the whole way. Like, how could they do this to us? <laughs> oh, it was awful. Awful. Oh, Never good again. Good times. Good times. Um, yeah. So long story short, I got selected into a company. I didn't really have, I had raw talent, but I had zero technique. I hadn't done any dance like my other female friends, never went to Saturday school. Anyway, went home to my parents. I was like, I want to be a dancer. And they were like, wow, okay. Um, that's come from nowhere. But of course, if that's something you want to take seriously, um, let's go for it. Um, and then obviously it came to picking A-levels. And at this point I had started um, Saturday school. I used to go every Saturday, eight hours a day when all my friends were doing fun stuff. I was at Italia Conti um, because I knew in the back of my mind, I think, you know, I could, I could make it. I could go to performing arts school. I could audition in London. So anyway, that became my life very quickly. Um, and then when it came to selecting A-levels, um, I basically said to my school, I'm leaving. I want to audition for performing arts school. The best time to go is now. And they pulled my mum in and was like, do you realise what your daughter's doing? She's throwing away her academic talent. Um, but I always knew, despite being academic and, and enjoying school, I always knew that, that like it wasn't for me. I, I was just, I needed something more mm. physical. And obviously I was so passionate about it. And my twin sister did exactly the same, which which helped. So yeah, I um, I auditioned for dance school in London um, and I got in um, on a foundation year because again, I'd started really late in terms of the dance world. These, these girls have been dancing since they could walk. So they accepted me onto a foundation year and they said, you've got talent, but we need to like finesse you. Um, so basically you do 12 months intense, not like uni, you're like dancing, singing, acting all day, every day, even on weekends. Um, and then I auditioned and I actually got back into the three year course um, which was amazing nice. so yeah there there and then I wanted to be a performer I loved singing dancing acting everything about it um and my love for fitness actually came in my second year in dance school and I think what it was was um realizing that you're in this school with a hundred girls in your year and there's three years and every year new girls come in and on top of that there's hundreds of schools all over the world and only a few jobs in West End and TV. So I started to kind of, I think, realize that there, there, there's got to be a way to stand out. And at the time, no one was really doing doing it, fitness or, or, you know, eating well. So I actually started 
an Instagram, which is where my original Instagram, which was the clean eating guide came from. And um, I basically embarked on this fitness journey. I thought, right, if I can be, you know, this girl's as good as me at singing and acting and dancing, how can I stand out? I can, you know, look great and look better and be stronger and be more powerful. So that's where my fitness journey started. And I documented it on Instagram by um, everyone who knows me knows I'm a real foodie, uh, love food. So Mm. when I started, I was like, I'm not doing this chicken and broccoli rubbish. I'm not doing this bro diet. I need donuts. I need pancakes. So I started making like lower calorie, you know, quote, healthier alternatives to things. And um, that's when my Instagram kind of started to blow up in my second year, because at, back then no one was really doing the food stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so that's where my fitness journey kind of started but this um this was in second year and at the same time I knew that I still wanted to pursue performing it was never about me becoming a trainer um it was just about me being the best version of myself and my teachers started to notice and you know people people used to take the mickey out of me I'd go in before a 12-hour day of rehearsals and I'd already been to the gym and everyone's like oh classic Courtney going to the gym Um, but then my teachers started to point out on stage like you know Courtney's looking really strong she's holding her turns better her her strength is there her stamina is there um so I really felt like it like massively benefited me um but yeah but basically I'm sure we'll get into this but I left I I left the industry and that's when my passion for fitness kind of you know just it it changed it became at the forefront and yeah dancing kind of fell behind that so yeah yeah was there a was there a main catalyst that kind of you know, you you had this whole, whole passion growing up that you found quite late on, but you obviously like you hustled, you put in the work and you, you got to where you got to within the performing arts industry. Was there a catalyst that came along and was like, okay, hi, now is the time that I've got to now jump ship from performing arts into fitness. Did something happen or was it a slow burner or? It was definitely a slow burner, but I, I do remember a catalyst, um, one one kind of incident. I think for me, I don't regret anything, but I don't think they prepare you in performing arts school for what the industry is really like. Um, it is very much who you know, um, which is not a bad thing. Obviously, a lot of industries are based on networking and making relationships, yeah. but it, it, it was a little bit... Um, sour at times and it's obviously heavily based on what you look like so you can be walking into audition rooms and regardless of your talent if you don't fit the profile they have or if you if you stand out too much from all the other girls if they've got a cast 20 girls and you're you're the only brunette in the room they'll most likely just cut you for ease before they've even seen your talent and I I don't think even though they said it was tough I don't think they really prepared you for how little work there is so for me I quickly realized moving out paying my own rent that you that I could not have performing arts as my sole job I feel like I Mm. sacrificed these beloved uni years years that everyone had which I wanted to do but it wasn't going out it wasn't drinking it was hard work for four years of my life um, and and all the four leading up to it and um, it was this realization that okay well there's only one audition a week or two auditions a week and there's only a few jobs Mm. in West End so I'll have to travel but actually I don't want to travel the world on a cruise ship I want I want to stay near my family and my friends that that wasn't what I wanted so it was 
sudden kind of harsh reality like six months in um that I'm going to have to get another job so I found myself waitressing catering kind of doing whatever I could around these auditions to obviously earn money um but I was also doing the fitness stuff on the side and I was getting more and more passionate about it and um I was doing more stuff through Instagram so I decided to get qualified and get my PT qualification so so I'm now juggling these like three things and um I just personally didn't feel like I was cut out for the industry and, and how harsh it was. Um, so the catalyst for mm. me was, I remember bearing in mind, I, I did obviously the Beauty and the Beast Disney film, the feature film, which on paper is like one of the best jobs you can do. And it was at the time I was yeah. 19 or 20 and it was, it was incredible. And you get a lot of money for a little amount of work, but obviously then you don't work again for a really long time. So um, yeah. it, the bubble kind of quickly burst for me. And I thought, right, if I've done that and I'm still like struggling to get work, um, then, you know, it's, it's that realization hit. So I flew to Amsterdam for an audition with my mum. And I think I was around 12 months into the industry now. And um, I got into the room and they lined us up and he was like, you number, I don't know what number, number 13 or whatever I was, and get out. And, and I was like, wait, what, what have I done? And he was like, I hate your nail varnish. I hate that color of nail varnish, get out of the room. And I honestly just remember what? walking out into, yeah, into the street in Amsterdam and I just burst into tears. And my mom was just standing there, bless her. She used to take me all over the world and country to like audition. And yeah, and I just was like, mum, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't love it enough to deal with the stuff that comes with it. I just, yeah. I just want to let it go. I think it's pure, passionate work. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I agree that, uh, um, I, I mean, I've seen, I've, you've seen how the, the performing arts industry over these, these last 12 months has absolutely collapsed, right? There's, there is just, there's, there's nothing. And it's, it's incredibly sad. And I think you really have got to have a strong burning desire and passion to continue to want to be in that industry. Um, yeah. From what you told me there, you know, it's incredibly cutthroat and you've got to be super headstrong to, to deal with that. Yeah. How do you think some people take in, how, how do you think some people working in that industry will take that sort of, setback you know like something walking into a room and, and, and being told to get out based upon the way you look or the way that your the color your nail varnishes rather than the way that how, how talented you are is is yeah. it's harsh it's savage it's, it's not right how do you think people deal with that I mean you've got you've got to be a particular type of person um and I would say I I, I was that person up until a certain point and I think it was because this realization of I need a future and I need stability so I'm having to do all these other things to support this and it was just a realization of I'm not willing to put myself through that um j just to kind of just just scrape by it just wasn't for me yeah. um you know I've always been confident in myself and obviously you go through this at school teachers say things to you all the time people are getting yeah. called fat people are getting called shits people are being made to stay um after school to practice because they're not good enough so I was used to that but I just think when it was like when that was at school when you weren't in control but when you're in control of your life I was like I don't I don't have to have this in my life and as much as this is a huge part of yeah. me that I'm letting go um, I don't want to be miserable like that anymore. Um, I don't want to be in such a tough industry, really. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really difficult, really difficult. And yeah, as you said, I, I've there are there aren't many jobs for the amount of people that want to be in it. You know, there are a lot yeah. of people that that it's, it might 
growing up it might sound like a really incredible industry to get involved in don't get me wrong like the things we watch on tv and the things you see in theater it's incredible like it's an it's it's an amazing work of art as such but there are there are finite jobs the amount of people that want to get into it it's very difficult so Mm. you took the difficult decision to leave the industry a passion that you've been so uh focused on for the last however many years and then jumped into to into fitness i suppose um what what was your journey like starting in fitness how did you first approach it um for people that are maybe starting new in the fitness industry now um what sort of advice would you potentially give them but yeah take them through your journey and what you'd say maybe how it's changed from when you started Mm. to how to how it is now and what, what sort of advice you'd give them well, I think I was quite lucky in the sense um, that whilst I was at Erdang, which was the performing arts school, I had been building my social media. And whilst um, I wasn't training people, obviously I was training my family and friends, but I wasn't training one-to-one clients because I wasn't yet qualified. Um, I had this kind of base already of, I think at the time it was around 50,000 followers. So when I made that decision, um, I know that it's not as tough as someone starting out who maybe isn't, hasn't been using social media and influencing in that way. Um, Because when I made that decision to go and do my personal training course, I did the intensive. So I got it done in five weeks, level four, went into school every day so that I could immediately kind of use this client base essentially and and put myself out there. Um, So for me, it wasn't, I guess, as hard as someone back then when social media wasn't as big four or five years ago Mm. um, to break into the industry because I was able to source and work with clients quickly. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily have to go to the gym. Um, I did actually go into fitness first. And I think I was there for like two weeks before I decided that's just not the environment that I wanted to train in, but I know that I was fortunate in that way to make that decision. And I know that that is a huge, obviously now times have changed with lockdown, but that that is a huge stepping stone for most trainers starting out in, in the industry, because obviously they offer pyramid schemes and you can work hours, pay less rent, slowly build up your client base, which is obviously the traditional way of doing it. Um, but I think that for my sure. journey relates really well to the current times because now, um, it's a lot of stuff is online um you know there are questions as to whether you know the one-to-one industry will be as big as it was before covid and lockdown um, or will it be mainly online um so i think the biggest piece of advice i would give to new trainers and coaches in the industry is is be with the times it is all about being online it's about it's not about having hundreds of thousands of followers it's not at all but it's definitely about being connected in social media having the Facebook having Instagram um, building a brand for yourself investing money that you have in building that brand making yourself you know, not necessarily look really professional and slick, but having that brand, you know, that's associated with Mm. you. So your content is, you know, reflecting you and looking, you know, professional to some level. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I I just think, And uh, yeah, sorry, carry on. We need to kind of see, I mean, me as a, me as a coach as well. I mean, I'm definitely doing this more and more, but like people need to realize that they are a business, right? You are coming out into the PT industry. You are a business you are a walking amphitheater of your business and what you sort of put out there, but whether it be content, whether it be, you know, added value to clients, whether it be, you know, trying to create a community, like see yourself as a business and really understand that like, okay, like I, I need to go into this now knowing that I, I need to build this and yeah. not let it get stagnant. Um, 
is there, is, is there going to be a real interesting shift to see how the industry changes, I suppose, from like potentially yeah. more one-to-one and more online work um, mm. and, and what, what kind of comes from it? Yeah, um, and I think you, leading you, on from that, like it's really important to be adaptable. So we're saying this right now, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what gyms will open and won't, and that will affect a lot of people's, um, you know, studios and places to train clients. So I think the most important thing, especially if you're new and you don't have a huge client base, is just be adaptable. If if it's still a heavily online base, go with the times. If if things start to shift, be willing to adapt and constantly evolve. I mean, that's what Tom and I did in lockdown. Tom, if you'd have asked him 12 months ago, he never would have said that he would be full time online. Now he adored training his one-to-one clients he's he thrives off that one-to-one interaction but with the the way things have changed and what we've been able to build he is now you know fully certain that he won't go back to that but um he was even at a time when he wasn't willing he was willing to adapt and even though it was meant to be temporary and now it's permanent um he was just yeah it's just that ability to adapt and kind of go with the times exactly that yeah um Leading into sort of the main overarching topic then. So we're going to get real deep now into sort of female weight training, um, the stigmas that surround it. Your journey within, I suppose, fitness is very similar to mine where that actual training, you know, we did the whole bodybuilding route and and, and weight training. You know, you stepped on stage at, at 10% body fat. You know, <laughs> essentially, for, for, me, for me, I describe that industry now as, operating at your worst to look your best because we really are mm. you know you're 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 putting yourself in such a deficit um with nutrition and getting yourself in such a a low body fat state that like it was really hard to operate i remember doing it i got down to four percent stepping on stage wow. i felt awful yeah um and you know it, it was never it was never something that i wanted to do as a as a career it was more so something i wanted to do to tick off the list but like that's where a lot of people i think started um when we when we got into the industry five six years ago and then we've sort of gone down this whole route of um, functional fitness and then going into the whole crossfit um, and i think your your journey from that to, to where you are now is very similar right um yeah. what have you learned over the years what what did you think you knew back then to what you know now um and how how has everything changed for you not only physically but mentally as well um well to start with um just like you said it was a one and done thing for me it was more that um I was online coaching loads of different people and at the time in the world I was in the bodybuilding world and I didn't really know anything about functional fitness I had clients who said I want to step on stage and I think one of the most important things about being a coach is having empathy above any scientific knowledge above anything else you must have empathy to be a great coach so I thought I'm not going to take you guys on and and train you without doing this myself. And fortunately, I was already ready, relatively lean before I started. So it wasn't, you know, like a horror show prep where it was like 16 weeks of grueling. You know, it was kind of six to eight weeks to me. I did get very low body fat, but I only started at around 54. I think my stage rate was around 50 or 49 or something like that. So, yeah, anyway, I did it to kind of tick it off the list. My friends that I lived with were doing it at the time. And, yeah, it was it's, it's not something I regret, but it's something I would absolutely say never again. And if you ask me now to do it, I would laugh. Um, and that is not to shame the industry. I know that obviously people make careers out of this and stuff. Um, it's just my personal view of, of what I would say to myself now. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I think for me, it it kind of, it, it's not fun. Um, obviously I was super flexible with it. Um, and, you know, I still, you know, I didn't feel like my training suffered too much. I had a great coach. I was quite knowledgeable and things like that. Um, but it, it was boring. And I think when I finished that, I obviously didn't have any any intentions of doing another show and I didn't want to go to the finals that I'd qualified for it was just that one kind of thing um but I was just kind of lost and kind of looking for something else and I feel like I had never really been that self-conscious or anything like that um but but prep makes you focus so much on aesthetics you kind of I mean, I'd never even done a burpee. Obviously, I didn't run at school. I did power yeah. sports. I'd never got on a <laughs> rower. I'd never got on a bike. Honestly, doing my first five burpees at WIT gassed me like there was no tomorrow. Like, I wasn't <laughs> fit. <laughs> uh, it took me a long time to learn how to pace myself. Um, yeah, so I was just looking for that extra thing. And um, I had seen that WIT had opened in St. Paul's and I'd been dying to go. And I'd had some people on social media say, come down. And I was just so nervous um, to go by myself. I didn't really have any friends in the industry at this point. Obviously, I had, I didn't really keep in contact with my friends from dance school. And I kind of felt a little bit alone. I only had like my housemates and they were really into the bodybuilding world. So I finally plucked up the courage and went to WIT um, because I've been dying to try it. And I knew part of me from my sporting background and the way I am. And obviously I was quite strong when I was bodybuilding anyway for my size. So I just needed that extra kind of drive. And honestly, I would, I never looked back. My first session, I was mm. just captivated. I was like, oh my God, what is this? So many things to learn so many cool things going yeah. on um give it to me and yeah and I signed up there and then um and that's actually where I met Tom so the rest is history <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 been amazing I've seen your journey from start to finish um I've known you for what good four years now four or five years yeah. and I, I've seen sort of where you've come from and where you are now and it's it's so nice to see um I spoke about I spoke about it in one of my posts about why I train and how I've gone from very much like aesthetics driven to performance driven. Yeah. Um, and that is not to say that I don't care about the way I look like everyone cares about the way they look. I do. Of course I do, but yeah. it's not now the be one end all. No, I now know that I am, you know, working towards, I don't know, a number on the bar or a time that I've got to get a workout in, or you know, I'm learning a skill. I'm trying to perfect my craft, whether it's doing muscle ups, whether it's doing a, a clean or a snatch or, you know, just getting everything a bit more like a bit more rounded as a, as a, I suppose, mm. a, an athlete or a, or a, or a human, right? Um, why do you think some women struggle with the whole notion of strength training as opposed to being your typical sort of like going into the gym and being a cardio bunny as such I think this is just massively down to you know the toxic marketing and diet culture and and the things that females have been led to believe in the industry don't get me wrong I think right now that there are some serious breakthroughs happening and the mm. times have really changed um comparatively to four years ago when all of this information was not available to me and hence why I started in bodybuilding and not functional fit fitness because I felt like that was all that that was there for me now but even yeah. then like I think it's 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 the marketing this outdated narrative that um women's workouts are about fat burning and hit and tone up and calorie burn and I said to Tom the other day if if you if say you Lee were hosting a class aimed for guys and you said 
um, seriously calorie burning workout, I said, Tom, would you, would you join that class? He said, no, because he has not been led to believe that that's what he needs. Whereas females, um, we all know this, it's, it's, it's not new news. That is the way that the, the marketing industry has framed it for females. So we've been led to believe that, you know, uh, training um, for strength and building muscle will make you bulky. I don't know who invented the term bulky, but yeah. it should it, it should it's be illegal. <laughs> awful, awful. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Like what what is bulky? When you actually say that, people are like, oh, muscly. And it's just, it's not the same thing. It's totally different. Everyone has yeah. muscle, like females, males, um, you know, physiologically, we are different, but we all have muscle. So this kind of bulky yeah. term, it's just like scaremongering and it, it stopped women, um, unfortunately, um, uh, strength training or wanting to train anything other than cardio and seriously calorie burning workouts, which is such a shame because there are so many benefits to um, strength training outside of um, increased bone density, in, improved quality of life, not just in the present, but your future quality of life as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then beyond that, the mental benefits, um, feeling empowered, you know, feeling like amazing for what your body can do. And, you know, the confidence it builds being able to train in the weight room, which is, you know, or has been male dominated and to be able to feel strong. And it, it shouldn't be about um, the body. Obviously, as you said before, eventually your body will become a a product of that when you are focusing on performance but you know in the short-term aesthetics that that shouldn't be what it's about it should be about doing things that make you feel like like a badass really like like a boss girl um so yeah it's such a shame that there is that stigma I do think we're getting there I think we're getting somewhere um but there are still marketing giants out there using these toxic words like calorie burn hit tone lean sculpt making women fear the word muscle when actually every woman has muscle on their body yeah yeah and needs to just embrace that and understand look do you know what like if i do do strength training i'm not going to end up like arnold schwarzenegger you know you're not like women it's just not going to happen unless you are doing a serious serious body bodybuilding split and probably injecting yeah. yourself exactly. you're not going to be putting on that much muscle you really yeah. not you know you don't women women physiologically like you don't produce as much testosterone as no. men therefore it's a lot harder for you to grow muscle you will do it but like you're not going to grow it at the same rate and intensity as a man would um and for me you know really getting women to understand that there are so many more benefits as you said long term than than just like lifting weights and you know feeling good about it like how does it make you feel mentally how does it make you feel physically you know are you feeling stronger when i don't know you're playing with your 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 kids in the park you feel like you can do more because you're a lot more like able because you have been strength training you've been doing like focusing on specific Mm. training rather than just jumping around all the time you know there are so many more benefits to it Um, absolutely and it's so funny you say this because i did just have a um chat with a client the other day she she won't mind me speaking about this um but basically she i'd got her into crossfit um over lockdown i've been working with her for a long time now and she's she's absolutely smashing it and um her partner had noticed kind of um how much she'd got into this and basically raised a concern um of um potentially her body changing um and they'd had a discussion Mm -hmm. And she had come to me for advice and his basically 
opinion on not where she's at now, but potentially the route she would go down was based upon, you know, these images of bulky bodybuilders who are not natural the female athletes that we see um I've had this with clients in the past say I say what is it that you don't want to look like show me a picture and they'll show me a picture of a female bodybuilder who is 100% not a natural athlete or or whatever um and it was obviously based on that idea of that she would look like that so I said to her I, I want you to sit down with your partner and first of all say that it is your body and you are entitled to look however you want to look um you know and mm-hmm. you can own that but also pick out three or four women on social media that you know can lift 70 kilo clean and jerks and all these numbers that you're chasing and I want you to show him what they look like so she sat down and obviously one of them was me because um you know there's the reason I coach her she'd already followed me and and um she'd admired kind of my strength journey so she said that it was actually amazing because she she showed him these women myself included okay well these ladies can lift this and these ladies look like this and it it was he apparently had this realization like wow okay I had I had no idea and it is that whole misconception that you know this this phrase bulky and that all these images that we've seen that marketing companies have used to get people to the lean hit sculpting workouts because you don't want to look like this um, but actually as you said it is incredibly difficult with our amount of testosterone I think it's 15 to 20 percent less or maybe more than than male males um yeah. so yeah it's it's really hard to build that so you know you and even if you were if even if you did have a nutritionist and you were avidly trying to build muscle as a female it's a very slow journey and it's very difficult and it's it's not comparative to men at all because they build muscle at a lot of faster rate yeah exactly that exactly that and i also you know even if we even if we go away from the bodybuilding route look at like the functional training and the, and the crossfit like the girls that you see that are at the top of their game of CrossFit have been doing this for years. Mm. You know, I'm I'm going to throw it out there. I'm adamant that quite a few of them probably aren't natural. Um, mm. They've probably been doing a few a few things along the way, but they've been doing this for years. Their training is down to a T. They lift at a ridiculous intensity, and they've been doing it for a very long time. You know, if you walk mm. into the gym and start doing a few deadlifts, you're not going to look like that. You know, no, exactly. Um, and we also got to remember eat like that as well. Yeah exactly they eat, they eat ridiculous amounts and that their, their, their aim is to be that size to compete at the level they do um and i also think that we need to understand that you know, if we're just strength training you want to get stronger getting stronger doesn't necessarily mean getting bigger you know i can stay at the same weight myself and you can too and you can specifically focus on strength training eat a very you know, decent diet and not trying to put on weight and still get stronger because you're better in your technique. You know, your muscles mm. become more adaptable to the, the the weight that you're lifting. You're progressing very, very slowly. Yes, it's a slow journey, but like you can still get stronger and not necessarily change the way you look too much, which yeah. is what a lot of people need to understand. And absolutely. And I think this whole word tone and sculpt, um, it's just totally misused. Tone is obviously like your muscle tone. Um, and it shouldn't be used in, in an aesthetic way as such, because often you'll find that women say they want to be toned, but actually it is that they want to lose body fat. And by losing that body fat, you start to see shapes of the muscles, which may make them appear to be bigger, but they're not actually bigger. And most likely not for most people who have been dieting 
I highly doubt there's a very small window in which you could potentially build muscle at the same time. And again, that depends on your previous experience. So actually, it's just the fact that losing that body fat off, off the top of the muscles makes them look more defined and makes you feel more muscular. But you actually probably haven't changed size in those muscles at all. And you may yeah, not exactly. for a long time. Your body will you know, recompose here and there. Um, but it, it, it comes down to food. And if you are a female who does want to get bigger muscles, it's a very difficult process. It takes very precise nutrition. It takes a lot of food and a lot of training, which for 95% of the population that are just everyday athletes like us, um, mm. isn't, isn't going to happen. And I think it's so important for women not to fear that. What do you think are the social barriers that stop? stop this from happening what 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 kind of maybe gets in the way of women delving into the world of, of strength training and functional training um i think i think one of them well the main one obviously just comes down to environment and what the gym environments have been and have studies have shown still are which is it you know gyms being a male dominated area hence you know the rise of the female only gyms which I think is a great concept and I understand why, but I don't think it tackles the problem um, of the Agreed. fact that, yeah, that women should, you know, women deserve to be there just the same way guys do. And I don't, I think it comes from many, many, many years ago when women were put off weight training because they needed to say slender and uh, all the marketing companies and everything. It was all about being slim. I spoke to my mum the other day and she was like, it was just, you just wanted to be stick thin and it was just diet culture. So it's just, yeah. you know, a butterfly effect of that, which is still very much happening in our time and it is just because of kind of the gender dominance um, and women feeling more insecure in the gym because it's not something that you know I remember doing press-ups at school and um, when it came to like push-ups in PE the, the girls would have to stop um, which obviously is changing now but you know in my generation some females who aren't in the functional fitness space may still be carrying those thoughts oh you know I shouldn't be doing that or now I want to but I've never practiced for 10 years and now how do I bring myself yeah. to come into a gym it, it's so overwhelming and it's so scary um yeah. so yeah I think that is that is one of the, the the biggest social barriers um and also I think that stems that's a lack of confidence which then can kind of project another lack of confidence in not knowing what they're doing so say they get to the mm. gym okay, I'm here, I'm going to go into the weight room. Now they don't have a plan of action. And now they feel even more insecure because they don't really know how the machines work. And it's, and I've been there. I have been that girl. Yeah. You know, my first six months in the gym was terrifying. And I used to just end up stretching and doing dance routines in the corner <laughs> because I, I got in there and I was like, right, this is the day I'm going to do it. And I'd get in there and all the guy PTs and I'd go and run on the treadmill for 30 minutes despite dancing all day because I was just so afraid <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I think it's I think in the rise of maybe this online online world and, and having that person that you can have by your side you know coaching you through this like everyone knows that if you're going to get a decent PT in London you're going to be paying for it right and some people haven't got the money to be paying for a de decent PT every time they go to the gym so this whole world of having like an online coach and someone who can guide you through it no matter what and be that sort of person you can rely on and call upon at, at times where you, you you might be lacking a bit of confidence you know you, there might be a movement that you see in your program that like, oh, i'm not too sure about that i've never done that before well okay here's a demonstration video you know you're gonna go in there you're gonna do it you're gonna do it absolutely perfect or if you want to yeah. video yourself doing it and give me some feedback like we can work we can work it together i think 
You know, coaches, if you're going into the online world, really understand that you're more than just someone who just puts puts programs together for people. Understand Absolutely. you've got to be there for them mentally as well. Because like some people started this journey and they are nervous and they are scared. Mm. And this is a totally new environment for them. It's just about them building confidence and knowing like, you know what, like I'm going to go in there and own this space because I deserve to be in this space as well. Absolutely, like, yeah. It's not, it's not a case of, you know, oh like hmm, maybe that's like that, that 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 over there looks really like dominated by and i'm don't get me wrong like i can i totally understand women feeling insecure in a gym and you know, looking around and realizing that they might be getting looked at left right and center and feeling a bit uncomfortable but you know getting into that mindset okay like no this is my session i'm here to to train i've been given a program i know what i'm doing and i'm just gonna mm. nail it and come out and feel great yeah, that's, and I think having a program is key. If you're a female listening to this and you do feel this way and you haven't quite found the confidence yet or you are wanting to go back on, say, the 12th of April or whenever the gyms are opening um, and, you, and, you're, and you're stressing, the, the one thing I would say is have a program because not only does it help guide you, it gives you that baseline confidence of, right, I'm here for myself, I'm looking at my phone, that's my program. I'm off to the barbell. I look back at my program. So it gives you that focus and it stops your eyes wandering. So it stops you clocking onto people because sometimes, sometimes guys are just looking around the gym in their rest period. Sometimes they're just listening to a music or podcast and you may catch eyes with them. But obviously being a female, it can feel like because of previous experiences where people have been you know purposely looking and staring you know we've all been there unfortunately it's sad but it's true Uh, but sometimes you do just catch eyes and they're not actually staring so by having that program Mm. it allows you to kind of you've got a good playlist on you're looking at your program you're focusing on your sets you're maybe watching back your video of your technique and it just gives you that extra bit of confidence Uh, but it's so important to know that you belong there just the same way the guys do and I always said to myself, I literally gave myself a kick and I was like, right, that's it. Your mum, Courtney, I was a student, has been paying for this expensive Virgin Active membership because it was the only gym in Angel Islington. And mum was like, if I buy this, you have to go. And I was like, I will. And I kept going and stretching. <laughs> so it got to a point, I was like, right, you, the next time you go in, you are going to own it. And I just said to myself, I walked into the gym and I looked at the guys in the weight area and I thought, are you going to be the reason that I don't reach my goals and I was like no you're not because it's just you in my head standing in the way of the woman that I want to be in the things that I want to achieve and it's just like this massive turning point of yeah just like don't give a shit mm. I'm, I'm here to do this for myself yeah that's amazing and that's a very very um liberating thing <laughs> to get into I think um and and know it and then just knowing that yeah you're 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 there equally the same as they are mm. do you think the um the whole rise of boutique fitness and like classes and also um crossfit has changed the way women are in training or in the fitness i mean yeah definitely obviously it's a like a broad question but you know more specific first of all it creates that element of community um, and mm. naturally, um, you know, I think there are studies that show that, you know, beauty class and stuff like that, it is a higher membership of, of female to, to men. Um, obviously, it depends where you're going. CrossFit boxes are different, but it's that community aspect of going and being surrounded by people like you. But because there's an instructor, no one's really looking at each other because you're looking at the exercise and then you have the mirror there 
to, to watch yourself. So it's kind of a, a lot more comfortable because one, you don't have, you're being told yeah. what to do and, and, and it's being explained so that you can follow the form and the instructor's there to correct your technique, but it's kind of comforting because you know, everyone's doing the same thing. So no one's going to come over and check your technique. It's just about like you and the instructor and that class environment. And I think having the community there yeah. does help build confidence. Obviously cross, CrossFit is very different to a boutique gym because yeah, some people sure. will be doing the classes. Some people will be doing their own programs. Um, but I do think cro we've seen a huge rise in CrossFit. We actually had um, a lot of members like say six months ago that were doing the home program when the gyms did reopen last time we had so many messages from members saying i finally got the confidence to, to join a crossfit box um so yeah we're leaving the program farewell but fantastic because ultimately that's the end goal you've gone from you know feeling nervous training in your own home to joining a box and just never looking back which is obviously incredible and I think CrossFit is a very yeah. unique community. And I, I think it, even with boutique classes, I don't, I don't know if it compares as much because it's just its own unique kind of world, which is, is incredible and incredibly yeah, uplifting. Yeah. And it's really accepting of, of all ages. All, I, I remember feeling empowered when I first went to a CrossFit box because everyone was just so confident in themselves we had young teenagers right through to like late 40s 50s 60s everyone was really comfortable in their body everyone was wearing like crop tops and like tiny shorts and that every it was just like a really empowering space where it was one of the first times that I went and trained without a mirror no longer bodybuilding I didn't look at myself for months yeah. I didn't care what I looked like it was all about what you can do and everyone was always there to help make you better you could have coaches that are training in their hour and they see you fail a clean and they come over and they dedicate their time out of their session to help you improve and it's just this incredible space where i'm basically yet to go to a box yeah. that's not like this um I'm, i mean hopefully there's not any out there maybe there is yeah no i've, I'm, I'm I've never yeah with you. <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm, I'm with you 100 percent. every box that i've been to has been very like welcoming you know everyone feels like they're they're part of something and i think the word you said community is incredibly powerful i think as soon as people feel part of something and feel like they're not just you know this other you know person in the gym surrounded by another thousand people it changes the way you think and it changes the way you think about your training um yeah. and it's 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 a nice it's a nice space to get into i i, I would recommend anyone uh, females especially that haven't stepped foot into a box and maybe are a bit nervous about it just do it you know near enough everyone that i know of will have a, f a foundation program and you will learn the very yeah. basics from literally using a pvc pipe or a broomstick all the way up until people using barbells dumbbells kettlebells whatever it is right um yeah. but i think it is just feeling part of something seeing everyone else around you progressing and knowing like do you know what there is more to life than just walking into a gym and you know doing something to look good Absolutely. i'm not downplaying that i i'm i'm 100 also understand that if if you do want to train just just purely to look good and feel good in yourself because i know when you feel when you feel good and you look good you're naturally gonna have this like better energy about you anyway you know mm, um, exactly and if that is the if that if that is the route you want to go down then fine but as we, as we as we discussed earlier get an online coach go in there with a plan know that what you're going to mm. do when you you're going in there is going to be you know, the right thing for you don't sort of dilly dally about and, and wonder why you're in here 30 minutes later and end up on a on a treadmill like you used to you know mm. like 
own the space, go in there. And, you know, you might have that, that image in mind that you want to get, you want to get like, like, just, just do it and mm. just, just focus on yourself for once. Um, yeah. It's, it's a really, it's, it's a big movement. I think I've, I've seen, I've seen how the industry's changed for sure. And, and where it's, where it's come from. Um, I still feel there's a lot of work to do. Um, I think one thing we can touch on now before before we before we get to the to the end is social media. I think social media is changing. It is getting better, but there is still a lot of toxic toxicity. Toxic is that right? Toxicity. Yeah, to- toxicity. Yeah, <laughs> I think there is still a lot of toxicity on social media where, like, you know, even young guys and young women will look at a a certain person and be like i want to look like them how do i look like them and this specific person might be selling though this plan that plan you know you're going to get this body in 30 days mm. then very naive to the fact that okay they don't know what this person's done for the last 10 years in their training or five years in their training yeah. you know are they incredibly genetically gifted which a lot of people are you know unfortunately some people are gifted more so than others and that's just the nature yeah. of the beast um how do you think social media really plays into the way women feel when it comes to what training in general well again I think there's a lot of different avenues you can go down with that question but I think one thing that I think is so important to remember is that your body is your body and yes you can fluctuate in your um, body fat percentage and you can gain more lean muscle or whatever it is but your body is your body and there are things that you're not going to be able to change for example hip dips the broadness of your shoulders, like how long your legs are, where, where your rib cage, if, is it bigger, is it smaller, is your waist, like those things you cannot change. So just quit while you're ahead, quit that, like, it's like self-torture because it's something that absolutely cannot change. Um, so it's really important mm. to, I, I always say, if you see someone's body you like, instead of saying, I want to look like that person, take inspiration from obviously we never truly know what's going on behind closed doors so abs do not define health someone could be incredibly lean and muscular and not be quote healthy there are so many different things going on behind the scenes that we cannot evaluate from one or two photos or a highlight reel that being said if you do see someone who is clearly an athlete or training at an athletic level and you you admire their body instead of saying I want to look like that take the inspiration from that photo not what they look like but clearly that they have work ethic and passion and drive and that their body has become a product of that and then instead of taking away their six-pack or their shoulders take away the non-physical things and apply that to yourself in becoming the best version of yourself which is nothing to do with aesthetics even though you've Mm. taken inspiration initially and I think it's a really good thought process to go through, to stop yourself comparing, to embrace yourself. And like you said at the start, there is nothing wrong with looking good. I, obviously there are a lot of anti-dieting movements at the moment and in their own right, I think they're powerful and necessary, but like anything, I think everything gets taken to an extreme. And I do think that right now there is a shame and another stigma around saying you want to lose weight. I feel like if I said tomorrow, I wanted to drop a kilo for a holiday, there would be a little bit of uproar because someone would look at me and say, but you're in great shape and I would kill to look like you. And I, I, I might've said that about someone else, you know, we all do it, yeah. but I feel like it would be a really bad thing that I've decided to lose fat because I'm not happy with myself. So I think everything's 
can get taken to an extreme and I think there is a shame about wanting to look good because of the kind of anti-diet culture movement which again in its own way is powerful and powerful for those people who need it especially those who suffer from eating disorders and things um but there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good so if you do want to um you know lose a bit of body fat you know as long as you're accepting that your end goal is sustainable like there's no point trying to get stage lean because we can both tell you that that is not sustainable so what's the point in even going there um so finding that balance but I just think it's important to always remember when even if you do want to lose a bit of weight or you want to get in better shape or you are looking at people's photos that you want to quote look like don't take away that aesthetic take away the dedication and and the passion and the drive and their work ethic instead yeah no that's that's incredibly powerful Uh, I I couldn't agree more every single word you said there and I think you've ended this on an absolute blinder to be honest with you um any any more advice anything anything you could tell tell the tell the people listening at home um when it comes when we come back down to the to the overarching subject of of stigmas any last sort of sort of words for people I just think touching on what we said at the start you know having be having muscle and resistance training is so far from just about aesthetics it's about your quality of life um your mental health your physical health um you know are you going to be strong enough to throw your grandkids around in the air and go to the park when you're older um are you going to let stigmas stop you feeling like um, having a better quality of life and feeling like you can do anything that you can run for a bus and you can take the stairs if the lift is broken and all of these sorts of things weigh past aesthetics about your actual physical health and longevity in your life and your quality of life um it is really important and i i feel like if if you just start and let go of the stigmas you will see the lights like like we said you you often never look back and that's one thing that we've had from a lot of our online members who have been going to and from the gyms when they've been opening and closing and stuff is that um the overriding thing that they always say is I can't believe I've waited this long to do this it's like an instant realization of oh my god what have I been missing and I said that at wit Um, I don't have any regrets but I do wish that I found CrossFit six years ago and not three years ago because it is just the best thing that ever happened and not just crossfit functional fitness basically anything aside from you know just bodybuilding and aesthetics um it is really really empowering and it is really good for your mental health and just your overall life quality so i say go for it and and uh, don't don't let um you know toxic marketing stop you well, Courtney Pruce, that has been an absolute pleasure. What an amazing conversation! I've, uh, I've absolutely loved it. Um, thank you very much for getting getting on. It's been it's been great. Thank you so much well, for having me. Episode, you're you're so so welcome. <laughs> episode four of Being Sapien over and out.